Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. Jane Parslow is a life coach who helps people with midlife changes. She finds that when you are your business, then networking is a great way to spread the word about what you do and make connections with people. Thank you very much for joining me on the podcast, Jane. Thank you for inviting me. It's lovely to be here, Liz. Now, you describe yourself as being a transitions coach, but what I want to know is, have you always worked in the coaching space? What's been your career path? Uh, well, a sort of weird and wonderful one, really. <laughs> but um, I, I think for the majority of my working life, I've been involved in project management mm. in one way or another. Um, so uh, that ended up with me being self-employed. So I've been self-employed for ooh, about 35 years now, I think. Um, but I was primarily training and consulting in the, the project management arena. And having been self-employed for 35 years, would you say that you're now unemployable by anybody else? <laughs> I think I probably am, yes. yes. I know I am. <laughs> well, I always say I'll never say never, but it would have to be the most amazing role to, to tempt me back in, I think. Yeah. So what was it that attracted you to coaching in particular? Well, I think over the years um, in project management, it can be very sort of technical and full of tools and techniques mm. and so on. Um, but th- really, between you and me, um, a lot of those things are very easily learnt and, and they make a lot of sense to people. The difficult bit in projects is the people. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're managing teams that you don't have any kind of authority over. Mm. People have splits loyalties and commitments and priorities um so that side of project management I think has always really interested me and I went into coaching um, originally with the view to coaching project managers Mm. and it it's a really close fit actually project managers are used to getting really clear on their goal looking at different options to get there developing a plan being held accountable and and really that's what coaching is about is is a plan to make a change um so yeah that was originally it was to help project managers understand um how other people worked and how to communicate effectively and to bring that into managing their project teams yeah and so how did you you sort of manage that transition from project management into coaching was there some training that you went through i went through a lot of training yes so i i started off studying something called NLP, Neuro Linguistic Mm. Programming, but essentially that's about um, improving communication and improving relationships between people. And so I did two courses of that, each of which were, um, well, they overlapped a bit, but it was sort of six months Mm -hmm. each, effectively. Um, And then coaching felt like a a natural follow-on to that, so how to help other people through questioning, really, and conversational approaches um, so I started all of that in 2006 and, and qualified in 2010. Wow and you've decided to concentrate on on transitions what has attracted you to that kind of branch of coaching? Um, well I guess that all coaching really as I've said is about change mm. um, transition though I, I see as being sort of bigger changes and um, that i 
was talking to people the other day about change being sort of external. You know, it's things mm. that happen to you. Transition is more of an internal process. Mm. Um, and I just love helping people go through that. Uh, the sort of transitions I work with are, are those that people go through in midlife. So things like um, the, the decision to retire or mm. the decision to avoid retiring. <laughs> um, empty nest syndrome becoming a carer, divorce, that sort of thing. And and a lot of that is about dealing with one's internal reactions to the change and, and working out who you are, really, as a, as a result of that. So, you know, people will say, I don't know who I am anymore mm. now. I've not got the kids at home all the time. Um, or I'm no longer a teacher. Who am I? Yeah. So those sorts of things that people are, are going through at that age, really, I think, is um, a big changes. People obviously go through big changes in their 20s, 30s, even earlier. Um, but I think there's a feeling in midlife that this matters more, that, mm. that this is, I mean, it's not, but people feel like it's their last chance to, to get it right. Really. Yeah, yeah. Midlife's an interesting term, isn't it? When When is midlife? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I wish I knew. I think I spent several decades probably thinking it was always 10 years older yes. than I was. At that <laughs> um, and I, um, I have to say, I don't think I can get away with that anymore. <laughs> but um, I mean, nowadays, that, that you know, statistically, somebody born today is highly likely to live to 100. Mm. So midlife is really about 50, I guess. And um, I think in terms of the traditional phases of life of sort of learning working retiring or whatever the third phase mm. is um th that can come at, at at any time so i guess the, the people i work with are kind of early to mid 50s up until about 65 mm. although i've just last night actually finished coaching with a woman who's 76 wow. so um, and i'm sure she wouldn't describe herself as old <laughs> she's still midlife i think <laughs> And now that we're all, you know, we're having to, to work longer and retire later, do you see more people changing career later in life than they perhaps would have done 10, 20 years ago? I think so, yes. It, it, um, so a lot of people, or maybe it's just the ones I meet, um, <laughs> we're healthier and sort of younger, if you like, at mm. 66 now at retirement than, than people used to be. Um, and people have a lot of time left you know again statistically we're at 66 we've got another 20 24 years mm. on average um so i think a lot of people are concerned about using that time effectively and they may they may want to leave the the career they've been in since they were young but they probably don't want to stop work completely nowadays i think so people are starting their own businesses or they're retraining um, going into something maybe that's always been an interest but wasn't going to pay the mortgage um, and maybe now they're at a stage of life where, where they can mm. go with what they want to do rather than what they have to do yeah possibly. yeah so so how do you help people what's the coaching process like oh it, it depends really I guess what what people want to achieve and and that's where I would start is is the whole of the first session will be about um where do you want to be? What's what's your sort of ideal aim, goal, 
incarnation, if you like, <laughs> you know, what, what do you want to be? And where are you now? Um, and that helps identify the, the gap. Um, so I help people get really, really clear on that goal. Um, and then it's about how to get there. And for some people, that might just be coming up with a plan and having someone like me to hold them accountable mm. to it. So uh, to actually make sure they take the first step and then the second step and, and that they're making progress towards it. And um, for other people, they might be really clear on what they want, but for some reason they're not doing it. Mm. Um, and then the coaching would be about exploring the obstacles. I mean, typically they're things we put in our own way mm. rather than other people. Um, and that, a lot of that is mindset, so lack of confidence, um, lack of belief that we can do it. Um, sometimes it's time management. You know, I've always wanted to learn photography, but I haven't got the time. Mm. Um, and that might just be about, about helping them see what's taking time and, and where they could make the space for yeah. something. Um, so a lot of it is about overcoming barriers and, and what we coaches talk about as limiting beliefs and that sort of thing. Um, and then for other people, again, even when that's all clear, it's just about doing it, yeah. really. And um, so it, it it's helpful. I know myself that if I know someone's going to ask me next week, did you make that phone call? I will make the phone call. It might be an hour before my call with my coach, um, but I do do it. Um, and and for a lot of people, it's just knowing that somebody's there. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't, it's not my problem whether they do or not, but just having somebody to ask and, and you know, if three times running they haven't done it, then maybe it's worth exploring yeah. what's getting in the way of that. So who are your clients? Are they women, men? Are they from particular professions, do you find, or is it a real mix of people? It, it's a real mix, yes. It, it's um, At the moment, it seems to be primarily women, although there are men in there as well. Um, and they're all ages, really. I've got people who are um, looking at... Uh, so one woman, for example, is, is about two years off retirement and wants to retire well, so that's about finishing everything off and achieving all her goals at work before she feels ready to, mm. to retire. Um, somebody else, as I said, the older woman who um, has reached that stage in retirement where she's very, very active and her time's full but just was feeling there's something more mm. and, and what else could I be doing to feel a bit more satisfied. Um, there's uh, one man who is running his own business and finding that's taking so much time, he, he finds it hard to sort of lift his head up and look ahead mm. to his retirement, which is probably, I don't know, five years off or something. Um, and that's really about getting some ideas so he and his wife can start talking together about what they want to do in retirement while continuing <laughs> to run his business. Mm. Um, in terms of profession, no, no, no commonality at all, I don't think. Um, Although it's interesting, one of the things I do with another coach is run workshops um, for employers as, as part of a wellbeing program mm. for their staff. Um, and we're looking there at people retiring earlier than state retirement mm. age, but retiring from a profession. So teachers, lawyers, 
police uh, nurses yeah. who may be leaving the profession in their 40s, 50s, but it, it still feels like a retirement. Mm. Um, so somebody, teachers, for example, say, I am a teacher, not I do teaching. Yes. Um, so it's a real inbuilt part of their identity. Yeah. And a lot of those professions they've trained for a long time. It's been their whole life. And thinking about leaving it is a big decision. Um, and actually, just as an aside from the employer's point of view, it's really interesting if, if you help people start thinking about that kind of thing. Typically, they end up more engaged with their current work and, and staying longer, possibly, than mm. they might have done. Um, but yeah, so the professions, I guess, and, and again, people with their own businesses, because again, their identity is tied up with that. Mm. And, and and stopping that feels like abandoning a child. Yes. You know, it's, a, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. So how, how long would um, somebody typically work with you? Uh, well, there's, um, and I, I really don't know where this comes from, but there's a standard thing in coaching of, of, a, of six sessions mm. seems to be a, a good program of, of coaching and allows you to, to fully explore a lot of issues, as I talked about just now. Um, how quickly that happens really depends on the client. So um, I know some coaches like to do things sort of regularly, um, but I'm happy to work with people. They could either have one session a week for six weeks or um, six months. Um, some people prefer a more ad hoc approach. You know, that we've, we've thought about a lot now, Jane, I need to go away and start implementing mm. some of that. I'll come back to you when I'm ready for the next stage. Um, so, yeah, typically six sessions, but that could be, as I say, six weeks or I think one person I was working with for a year. Where are your clients? Do you work them face to face? Do you work them online? Or are people all over the place? All over the place. <laughs> it's, uh, um, I know everyone talks about your niche, but um, yes, I, I guess mine's an age-based niche. Um, so since my coach training, where we did a lot of work between the weekends modules and coaching others, um, which had to be done by phone, really, or back in those days it was Skype. Mm -hmm. I think with the, um, Zoom hadn't come along in it in the way it has now um so i'm very used to that of course clients aren't necessarily so if they're people who are locally i love working with them face to face um but if we can only reach each other over um, the internet or whatever then i'm, I'm happy to do that so I, i'm currently coaching someone who who's working in the middle east oh. um i have worked with people in india africa um, and that in itself is, is fascinating, yeah. just uh, working with different cultures. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's turn to networking now. Then. So how are you using networking in your business? Um, well, I do a lot of it. Um, I think certainly with coaching and that there are some other professions where it, it's kind of important people have seen you mm. and talked to you. Um, so I do do social media. I, I, I work particularly on LinkedIn, but I, I, I feel it's important that, that people have actually experienced me in mm -hmm. some way. Um, so, yeah, I do quite a lot of that. Um, again, since the pandemic, some of that is online over Zoom. Um, more and more groups now, though, are, are going back to face to face or, or a hybrid system where mm -hmm. you might meet one month in person and the next month online and, and so on and, and 
that's quite a nice mix, I think. Yeah. Do you have a preference for in person or online? Um, I think it depends what my diary is looking like. <laughs> mm. um, I, I, I know lots of people really, really feel the lack of, of the in-person and, and are, are really keen to get back to that. And I, and I do enjoy it. Um, but then you have to factor in the travel yeah. um, and the, the fact that that might run a bit longer. That, so face-to-face, I think, tends to be kind of a couple of hours usually to, to yeah. give people some value for the travel. Um, online it's much easier to fit in isn't it and you can sign yeah. off from that call and be straight on to doing something else um so I, I don't think I have a personal preference really I mean the, the face-to-face I try and do reasonably locally so that I don't have mm-hmm. huge journeys um and yes yeah, so <laughs> it's time to travel and my energy levels okay. <laughs> so what, what would you say that networking has brought to your business um I think it's a, a, a two-way process. So it, it has really helped me get very clear about my market, if you like, and talking about my business and, and explaining fairly succinctly about what it is and, and who I would like to work with. So a, a lot of groups, as you know, have a sort of one minute mm-hmm. that you have to introduce yourself. And I think that's been really, really powerful in helping me get very clear about that um it also helps the other way I, I just having chats with people and it's amazing the stories people will share about their parents retirement or a friend of theirs at work or their own transition maybe out of corporate into their own business so I find I learn a huge lot about the sorts of concerns people have about the the areas that I work in and um, and then a, a lot of networking groups as well provide learning. So somebody may give a, a presentation about something and um, I'm a huge advocate of lifelong learning. So I just <laughs> love whatever anyone's talking about. There's always something that uh, is a real nugget. So how much networking do you do? How many sessions would you go to in a week? Um, oh, it varies a lot. I, I, I guess on average, probably two. Um and again, that might be one online and one face-to-face in terms of the, the group sessions. Um, but I do quite a lot, and, and, and I think this is the, the real value of networking, isn't it, is the follow-up. Yeah. So um, there may also be one or two one-to-one meetings mm-hmm. with somebody I've met in a group. Um, and again, those are a mix of face-to-face and, and online. So... Um, yeah, I think it's, as I've said, I think it's really important for, for people who are selling themselves rather than a product um, to, to make those connections yeah, with def- people. Yeah, definitely. So for small business owners then who maybe haven't tried networking yet, what would you say the benefits of it are? I, well, as I say, I think it's... Um, it's about being able to talk about your business to a group who are going to be receptive to that, mm-hmm. who are interested and intrigued. And and the groups I go to, they're also very helpful. People will, will sort of say, ah, oh, you know, have you thought about doing whatever? Or um, if I haven't been clear about what my call to action is, people will say, and what, and what do you want from us? So I find it's... Um, 
it's a really good way of getting the word out about what you do. Of course, there's the tiny chance that somebody in the room might be ready to be a client <laughs> there and then. But um, it, I think it's, we all know on LinkedIn, it's not your connections, it's it's your connections connections. Yes, yeah. And I think that's the, the way to enter networking as well is, you know, somebody here may know someone who knows someone yeah. who might be one of my clients. Um, so I think it's about publicising what you do and being able to, to ask for help. To, you know, I would like to be introduced to people who are 55 and feeling a bit stuck or, or whatever it is. Um, it's the opportunity to, to, to help other people. And I think that's a big part of it is, is to go into the room thinking who here might need my connections. Yes. Who can I introduce people to? Um, and I think for a lot of people to certainly after the pandemic and and I know that ended a little while ago but you know we're still feeling the effects I think I think it's just that thing of getting out of the office and, mm. and being with another group of people um, and it can be very refreshing to, to meet people in other businesses I think who who as I've said can give you a really interesting angle on your own business from their outsider view um, and and th- there's a couple of groups I go to which are, which are not so much about connections and referrals, but but they're about business support. Yes, yeah. So you can take a current problem, take an issue, and say, you know, I'm really struggling with I don't know how to do this on LinkedIn or how to um, record a video or you know whatever it is, and and there'll be someone there who can sort of say, oh well, you know, I've tried doing it, and how about this, or I've used this software. Um, so I think it depends what you feel you need in your business but there will nearly always be a a networking group out there that can provide it yes I think so so just finally then Jane if people want to connect with you or find out more about your business what's the best way for them to find you Um, well through LinkedIn where I am Jane Parslow Uh, my website is janeparslow.co.uk and you can email me there as jane at janeparslow.co.uk. Lovely. Well, thank you very much for sharing your business and your networking stories with us. And um, yes, best of luck with both going forward. Thank you very much and thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to Small Business Big Network. If you found this podcast useful, please do rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too.